Welcome to the Amy Rushworth Show. I'm your host, Amy. I'm so glad you're here. I'm an empowerment and sexual wellness coach, breathwork teacher, podcaster, course creator, badass bitch, and a globally recognized thought leader on empowerment. And I'm here to help you if you're ready to fuck off the rules and create a life of unashamed, unapologetic pleasure and deep, deep confidence. I have a burning passion for the taboo and naughty areas of womanhood that we're not supposed to talk about, such as sexual wellness, bold self-expression, defying social expectations, and so much more. The topics that we're typically taught to shut up about or be ashamed of are the conversations I live for, and those are the kind of juicy, soulful chats that are going down on this show. My intention is for you to step into your most outrageously free, unapologetically expressed version of you. So if that sounds like a vibe, let's fucking go. Are you ready? Hey, goddess. How are you? I'm so good. How are you? Good. Good to see you. And it's you're in so Hawaii. Good to see you. We're in Maui right now. Yeah, we're in the heart chakra of the planet. So it's so nice to be here. We feel the beauty, the color. It's just such a Maui, so like vibrant. It, it actually reminds me a lot of Australia. Oh, wow. I, I haven't been to Maui. So oh it's my definitely God. I feel on like my you list. would love Maui. Probably. I feel like you would love Maui. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, there's a lot I, of magic here. I can't get on a plane right now because of everything that's going on with COVID-19, <laughs> but um, I'll put it on the bucket list. <laughs> Once it's over. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, yeah. Well, it's so good to have you, and I would love for you to yeah. introduce yourself to our audience and tell them a little bit about your soul's path and your journey. Oh my gosh, yeah. So hi, everybody. I'm Taj Savitri, which is my spiritual name. I have like a human name, like my birth name, but we won't go there. Um, so I am a coach, a mentor for spiritual entrepreneurs. So I, I specifically work with women. So those who have metaphysical gifts, so maybe they're a psychic, a witch, a shaman, a medium, and also coaches because coaches and mentors, they're healers as well. They're light workers um, who are wanting to ground their gifts into the physical reality and monetize on that and really impact more people with that. And so with more money comes more impact. So I help these women make more money so that they can help more people. And really what we do a lot of the times is work on the spiritual stuff, the spiritual work, the energetics. I love energetics. I'm obsessed with energetics. And I think that's just because um, when I came into my psychic abilities, my mediumistic abilities, I was like, oh my God, like we have like a whole other world that we don't really even tap into, which is energy. And the the version of myself before that, before I even discovered that was like, no, energy is not real. Like that's so weird. Um, it was very, very three-dimensional. And then when I came into these gifts, I was like, oh shit, <laughs> there's like a whole other world I have yet to explore. And I see how my, um, you know, my spiritual healing has impacted my whole life. It's impacted my finances. It's impacted my relationships. And so, yes, while I focus on business, I feel like in, in, 
anybody who ever wants to grow their business or make more money, it's important that we do the spiritual work because we can learn. What I like to say is we can learn all the strategy. We can learn all the tips and tricks and funnels and landing pages and all of this. But if we don't actually believe in ourselves and we don't believe in our message and, and why we're here and our purpose and have the self-esteem to be able to step into that purpose, none of that shit matters. And so I like to work on the energetics of what's underneath all of that. Amazing. I think it's really important. And I feel like you're a bit of a gem in that sense in that I feel like we have business coaches over here who are talking Mm -hmm. strategy and funnels and email sequences. And like, that just doesn't resonate with me. Mm -hmm. But for some people it does. And then you have the sort of light workers and the people helping more in the personal development realm. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. they're hasn't really like been that many people in between I feel so I feel like you represent that which is really cool I'm totally a unicorn I know and and it's also because um I started off like having a mentor who was so like Capricorn I think she was like full-on Capricorn and I love her we actually went to Burning In together she's still a really good friend but she's very, very focused and she's so good at making money. She's very like earthly in that way where she like understands the strategy, understands copy. And where I found was all of that was really helpful to me. What was the most impactful for me was the mindset stuff, the inner, like learning about money, the frequency of money and what, you know, what are we broadcasting and what are we receiving energetically? And so <laughs> what I really took from that, what contributed to my business really taking off was getting to the seed of all of my beliefs, the programming, the subconscious, the energetics. Again, I like to say energetics because we're 99.9% energy. So we have to interact with energy. We can't, just because we can't see it doesn't mean it's not real. Just because we can't see our thought forms doesn't mean that they're not real and they don't affect us. And so, um, I had been looking for that. And so as I was going along my journey of being a mentor and a coach, I was finding that, um, it was, it was something that was really needed and I understood, and I'm very much a bridger in that way. I've always known that I've been a bridger where I can take the metaphysical and, and ground it and speak to it in a way that people are like, Oh yeah, that totally makes sense. You're not talking about it in a way that's like gibberish to me or another language. And I was also finding for myself that people would talk about energy or metaphysics or quantum physics in a way where I was like, what is that? I can't even understand a single thing that you're saying. And so, you know, I find that a lot of people really resonate with the groundedness of me being able to speak to, um, you know, the things that we cannot see. Definitely. You've got your feet on the ground, head connected to source, but you know, you need both. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, You have to be rooted and, and, and open, rooted and open at the same time. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. So you said something really interesting there that I'd love to kind of dive into. Mm-hmm. Money has an energetic frequency. Yeah. So for mm-hmm. some people listening, this is going to be the first time they've ever heard that. They're going to go, what? <clears throat> like, what do you mean? Money's energy. So what can you share mm-hmm. about energetics of money and how that influences the way that we make money, call in abundance and create wealth? Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love talking about money because it used to be the thing that I had the biggest negative charge around. And so the first thing I want to say is that money is whatever we make it to be, whatever we, whatever meaning we give to it. If it, if, okay, so that's one thing I'll just leave that there. That's one thing. 
And also the way that we learn how to relate to money, it happens basically from the ages of zero to seven. And that's where a lot of our programs come from. And so if your parents are arguing about money, then you might associate money with bad, bad. It's bad because it creates conflict. And so money, just like, you know, I was talking to my partner, I was like, there's uh, an energy to consumption. Every thing like that um, has its own consciousness, its own frequency, its own energy. It's, it's like a being. And so what I've witnessed with money is that money likes to play. Money wants to play with us. And the more that we can be um, lighthearted about it and not so rigid with it and have like this fear around it, it starts to flow. And so one of the things that was really impactful for me on my journey of like um, unraveling the, the scarcity and the fear around it was the more that I valued myself and the more that I loved myself, the more that money flowed in. So there is a direct correlation between value and self-worth and how much money that you are capable of making. There's a lot of blueprinting around that as well. Um, so it, it has, it does have its own energy. I, I kind of relate to it as like a being. How would I, how would I interact with it? How do I want to play with it? How does it play with me? And that helps me see um, what are my beliefs around that as well? Does that make sense? Totally. <laughs> I'm like, I hope that makes sense. Okay, cool. Totally. Yeah. Because, you know, in a practical example of that, uh -huh. if you have amazing self-worth and you really believe in yourself and you back uh -huh. yourself and you really embody, like, I am so valuable, you are mm -hmm. going to show up so differently in a conversation totally. about a pay rise. You're going to show up differently mm -hmm. on a sales call. You're going to show up differently mm -hmm. when you film yourself, if you're Mm -hmm. a coach or someone who creates online programs and that then yeah. perpetuates the results that you receive and the abundance that comes in right whereas Absolutely. like if you're in fear you're showing up in your scarcity and people can feel that even if they can't uh -huh. they can feel that yeah and something just came to me I was like how do I best explain that money is energy because there's there's a lot of different layers to it that's what I'll say is like even if you're making $200,000, a million dollars, you're still going to be moving through different layers of scarcity. It's just, you're able to hold larger amounts of money. That's it. So, you know, I make five figures a month and still I move through different layers of scarcity, bigger investments. And you know, this probably for yourself, your first investment, you're kind of like, Oh shit, this is a lot. I'm kind of scared. And you're like, Oh wait, you look back a year later and you're like, that was nothing. Now I'm investing $20,000 into a mastermind, you know? And so we, I, I was actually telling um, my group coaching program, I was like, I remember when like buying a hundred dollar t-shirt was like really scary for me. And now I buy really high quality items because again, that like the things that we wear even have like an energy to it. If I'm buying quality items, I'm also saying to the universe, I invite quality into my life. I believe I'm quality. And so um, when we talk about money being energy, think about it. When you work, what do you get back? you get money. That's energy. When you work, when you're actually doing things, it's energy being put out. What is it that you get back? You receive money. And so if we're going to um, put it in like a, with like a pretty little bow on top of it, that's the easiest way to even look at it. When you work, when you actually do physical activities, which requires energy, what is the return that you get? You get money. Okay. So then how are you spending that money, that energy? What is the exchange of that energy that's taking place? And so like I just used the example of I've worked really hard. 
where am I going to invest that money into? Something that is quality that I can put on my body that says I value myself. I value my energy. I value my time. And so, um, you know, I've been working so much with the energetics of this, even to the point of, yeah, now when I exchange that energy, I'm not buying things from Forever 21. I don't know if you guys have that in Australia, probably because it's like everywhere, but I'm, I'm buying like handmade things or, or items from artists. And what's that exchange that's taking place? I'm supporting art. I'm saying, I would like to see the world beautiful. That is where my energy is going. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So you and I both being in sort of like aligned areas of work we've both Mm -hmm. been uh in many conversations with women who have like wanted to invest in our services Mm -hmm. and then you come Mm -hmm. up against oh i can't afford that when Mm -hmm. the price is there so Mm -hmm. a lot of people um you know express this they want something maybe they want to work with a coach they want to go on a holiday they want to start a business but like oh Mm -hmm. i can't afford to do that so what like what's the balance here between like that being a belief and that being a fact of like oh I don't actually have the money so like how do we kind of like coach someone <laughs> listening right now through this this resistance isn't it? right so this is where I'm going to be a little bit of a hard ass because you know I have some fire to me I don't believe that that is fact I don't believe that that's fact I believe that we create everything even and someone was talking about this, like, well, what about the people that are suffering right now? I think there's karmic things that we need to, to move through from past lives that we have not resolved. And some might, people might be like, that's ridiculous. It's not. We've had, I think one of my friends told me we've had like 82,000 incarnations before this one. So you think that there wasn't like a past life where you still had to move through like money stuff. If you have not resolved that in a past life, you're going to have to resolve it in this life. Or if you don't resolve it in this life, well, guess what? In your next life, your incarnation, it's going to come up again until it's resolved, whatever that is that you need to move through, because there is um, energy tied up in that. If that is something that makes you feel powerless, it's going to be something that you absolutely need to move through to feel empowered. Otherwise, it's something that's going to be a dominating force on you. And that's what I witness with a lot of women where they're so powerless to money rather than working with it, playing with it, understanding it, developing a good relationship with it. So I don't believe that that is fact. I believe that some people would rather choose to be in their victim story of that's, that's just all that life is rather than, than looking through the lens of possibility. So I believe that money is created. If we really wanted something, and I say this because I have been in this exact situation (laughs) When we really want something, we can create the resources for it. And the universe will support us. The universe always supports our growth and our expansion. So say you're like, oh my gosh, I just don't have the physical money in my bank bank account to make this investment or to go on this trip. I'll tell you one story. I bought a very, very nice suitcase before I even started traveling the world. I was like, this is probably not a good idea, but I'm buying this really nice suitcase (laughs) because that was my declaration. That was my intention. I was investing my energy in saying, universe, this is happening. I believe it. And so I believe it so much that I'm going to buy myself a really nice suitcase. And my (laughs) my community loves this story because they remember I showed them on Instagram. I was like, guys, I'm buying a really nice suitcase. I'm going to be traveling the world. I know it. And then they see me traveling the world now. They're like, oh my God, like that works. 
Um, and what had happened was I just, I bought the suitcase. I let it be in the, you know, was sitting nicely in my corner. And then all of a sudden, um, I started going to coaching conferences and then all of a sudden I went to Burning Man and then I went to this trip and that trip and I went to Oaxaca and then I met my partner and then we went to Australia and I was like, wow, it just all unfolded. The universe brought all the resources and the people into my energetic field to support this belief that I had. Mm-hmm. And it's because I put even just that little bit of money down for that expensive suitcase at the time, the universe said, oh, okay, yeah, you value yourself that much. You believe that that's possible for you. So do we. Mm-hmm. And so that sometimes, you know, I witness people not really understanding, like, how, how's this money going to come? Like, how, you know, I don't, un- I don't understand. I don't, you know, cause maybe they haven't worked through these beliefs around this. Um, and also the only way to really even get that momentum going is to just take that leap of faith and trust that you'll meet whatever you need to meet in order to start creating that. Otherwise, yeah. you know, you you know, you're going to stay exactly where you've been. And for myself, it took me invest. I invested $5,000 into my first coach and that was my life savings. I was so tired of the scarcity story. I was tired of it. I was like, this is not my life. Like this is not all that there is available to me. I know that for a fact. And so I'm willing to invest $5,000 on my growth and moving through this. I'm creating a new story for myself didn't know where the clients were going to come. I was making about $1,300 a month at the time. And then what happened was, which I always think these kind of stories are really fascinating and I hear about them from other people. And then of course I have my own version. I was guided to drop my last social media client and I didn't have any private coaching clients because I had, I was just getting started. I had never done any of this work before. And what had happened was I was, I was free floating. Basically. I was just like, I don't know where the clients are going to come from. I don't know where my, my next paycheck is going to come from, but I trust because I have been guided to this place, to this person, to this situation that I will be supported. And what happened three days later, um, was I signed, uh, this man, I've only worked with one man and it was this man. He was my very first client <laughs> and he didn't have social media. So it was just such this magical thing that happened. He came into my field and he was like, yeah, I'll sign with you for $3,000 in full. And I was just like, what the fuck? There's, a, there's something to this. And that's, why, that's actually when I started to get really interested in the like, okay, so what did I do to create that? Okay, I see. I just opened myself up to possibility. I trusted. I took that leap of faith. And what I thought was going to be like the most fearful situation um, was actually like what was on the other side of that was magic. And that is honestly where magic plays. Magic plays a mystery. I cannot tell people that enough. And, and a lot of people I think right now are afraid of the unknown mm. and like not knowing what's going to happen. But there's, there's, there's so much gold in that. There's so much rerouting and redirection and, and alignment that happens in that space as well. When we're aligned, when we just have to shift because the universe is like, you know, you were going in that direction. And I don't really think that's where your expansion is. We're just going to maybe take away that job from you or we're, we're going <laughs> to, you're going to break up, you know, things like that happen. And then you just have a, a slight, uh, you have a, a detour. We'll just say a detour. You're still getting to the same place, but you have a detour. Mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, to get to that same spot where you thought route A was going to be like the best route, route B is like way more fun. There's way more interesting stories like the one I just told that you get to tell people about rather than like the, 
the boring route a you know and so sometimes we have to you know have a, a bit of a detour so that we can have those amazing stories to share or experience the magic so we can really truly believe in our possibility to create and know that we're supported by the universe and any decision that we make that is an alliance alignment with our highest good and well-being and so um circling back to to the question you were asking um i don't believe that that's fact i believe that mm -hmm. we're always supported if we're making decisions that are truly um for our growth and our expansion because like everything in life wants to open up and expand one of the things i really love um looking at and just like really tapping into the consciousness of is flowers like uh, the way that I look at flowers is they start as a bud. They're closed. They're contracted. And when the light hits, they open up. It's like they take a breath of fresh air. So everything in life is wanting to open. And there's so much symbolism in our surroundings. The lights, uh, the, the trees, they grow towards the light. Everything wants to be expanded and grow towards the light. And so we're not excluded from that because we're all part of the same creation. And so um, I believe that we can create the resources if we truly believe that we are worthy of receiving what's on the other side of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Yeah. I resonate so much with things you were sharing in my own story as well. Like mm -hmm. people always like saying, to me, <laughs> Oh, how am I going to get the money for this thing that I really want? I'm like, you really want it? They're like, yeah, uh -huh. go make it happen. Every totally. single, like month in my business, it's like, oh, okay, I want that. Got to find the money to make that happen. <laughs> it's like this constant, like leapfrogging. Um, and same, same with me when I started, it was like my first coach was 5k. I hadn't even like started the business when I was hiring the coach mm -hmm. I was ready to start the business. And it was so much money. And so many other times when I've invested in, you know, high ticket investments for the business, I've just said, here, take my card details, don't charge it for five days, I'll come up with the money. And then gone out and made like 20 grand in a day, you know, because mm -hmm. I had the fire, I had the motivation, I had the drive, and I put myself like, not in the firing line, but like in the arena to make it happen, you know? Yeah. I think sometimes yeah. like when we're so comfortable and we don't mm. have that, you know, that motivation or that pressure sometimes mm -hmm. stay where we are and kind of stay in our excuses. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. So, you know, we'll look at it this way. Um, I love to use this example. I have like all these examples I use cause it's really helpful for people. Say you go to, you sign up for yoga class. It's $20. Okay. But you're feeling like kind of off, you're feeling a bit lazy in the morning, it's just $20, you'll skip out on it, okay? Say you signed up for a yoga class that's $500. You're gonna set your alarm, you're gonna make sure you eat really well, you're gonna make sure you even get there early. You're gonna be present for it because that's gonna be the best $500 yoga class you've ever been to. And so there is a psychology also to the pricing. If you know coaches out there were charging, and I know some do, like you know, $100, $200 to work with them monthly, there's going to be a very different quality of how both people show up to that container, right? Because we want to make sure that everyone's compensated fairly for the, the energy, like it, presence is, um, presence and awareness is such a, um, like a commodity these days because we're so distracted. So imagine having someone that's like fully there and fully present for your process and what you're going through and they're channeling and 
you know, what needs to come through specifically for you through source, through this clear channel, that's invaluable. Something that can potentially change your life and in the end help you make more money. And then the same for the clients, like to show up for their life, they, them saying, I value myself at $5,000. I value my growth at $5,000. I'm going to show up for whatever I need to grow through to, to, to become more empowered, to be, become more empowered by the circumstances of my life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Especially important, I think, for anyone who is a coach, a light worker, providing a service, mm -hmm. if you can't invest in yourself, then the, the frequency is off, right? Because how mm -hmm. can you expect your client to, if you don't think you're worth your own money? <sighs> That's a big thing. Yeah, definitely. So it's like, a, you know, say you invest like, we'll say $5,000 because that seems to be like, you know, the amount that we're working with right now. If you invest $5,000 in yourself, you are now able to charge that because you know the fears that come up, the work that it takes to make that and X, Y, and Z. So it is important that if, you know, we're wanting to raise our rates or to even have people pay for our services that we continue to do that work ourselves. And that's honestly true embodiment. I hear of coaches that are like business coaches, yet they've never had a business coach. And that really boggles my mind because I'm like, well, then how can you even understand what it is that your client needs because you've never been through that, that process yourself. There's this book I love called The Prosperous Coach. I don't know if you've read that, Amy. No. Have you read that book? Oh, no. That's such a good book. I love The Prosperous Coach. And it was like highlighted and it's, it's such an easy read. Um, really beautiful book about coaching and, and online services and, and, and even, even just money, even to just learn about money and value. And one of the things that really landed for me, really stuck out for me was they said in the book, and it's these two men that wrote it that have been in this space for a really long time. They said, you can only take your clients as far as you have gone yourself. And that yes. really, really stuck with me. Yes. And, and that, again, it goes back to embodiment. If I am not meeting my fears of money or self-worth or value or you know, whatever it might be, if I'm not doing that work, I can only take my client as far in that work as I have gone myself. And if I love the work that I do, if I love helping people, if I really want to be of service, I'm going to do that work myself. And that's when it goes back to when we heal ourselves, we heal this planet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, It's a domino and, effect. And money, money is the way that you facilitate your service mm -hmm. to the earth, right? Like, uh -huh. Yes. You know, it's it's not a noble thing to do your craft and not be compensated for it because you're no. gonna show up differently if your needs are met, <laughs> you know, and your desires are met. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, I absolutely. I think a lot of um, you know, a lot of people in the spiritual world have mm -hmm. have to move through that story though, because there can be and we've we've seen it just recently with mm -hmm. you know, everyone going into lockdown and suddenly everybody's showing up on Instagram live and they're thinking that they have to do everything for free and mm -hmm. that they can't promote their program that they were already going to promote. You know, mm -hmm. it was booked to promote, but they're like, Oh no, I've got to just offer free things now. And like, yeah. I think there's a balance between like being of service, giving free value to people, but also like coming from a limiting belief of like, it is not a spiritual thing to earn money for what I provide. 
I love that you mentioned that. Yes, because I noticed the free thing too. I was like, oh, this free stuff. And I was like, shit, should I have something for free? I mean, I have my, po- <laughs> my podcast. Um, I've never really, I've, you know, I have like opt-ins and things like that. And that's free and beautiful meditations and like heart expanding, like soul expanding podcast episode that like, I'm really like, I put so much time and money into it's free for others. But like, I, I send things out to an editor. I have cover art made by like ayahuasca artists and stuff. So like everything I do, like there, I put my energy into cause I care. Um, but what I did notice around this, like, it felt a bit like overcompensation and scarcity. I'm not saying that's the case for everybody, but I felt like some people were like, Oh shit, all of a sudden we're going to feed into this belief that people can't afford things right? Because people aren't working or whatever, you know, the story might be for different areas of the world. Um, and I felt that I felt that very strongly. So I actually took a step back for a couple of weeks and I just watched, I witnessed what was going on. I was like, how do I want to play in this game? Because, you know, things are changing and things will always change. And we know that with business. I think, <laughs> I think some entrepreneurs are having a bit of an easier time than others, uh, especially the ones that lean into things always change. I know that things always change. And when things change, my business decisions need to be made. I just meet it. I don't run away from it. I, I still hold firm in like my values and my beliefs. And so I noticed this was taking place. I was watching it and I was like, you know, I just don't quite resonate with that. I don't feel like I need to overcompensate and overshare and over be on live and stories and to coddle people. That's what I felt like it was for me. Again, this is like a bit of like my tough mamatage. Um, I felt like if I was just giving people free stuff all the time, that that actually would be less of service. It would almost feed into their powerless victim mentality of like what's taking place because I think right now is the best time to invest in yourself. I think it's the best time to plant seeds. And um, I even tested it out on like my own psyche. I uh, invested in working with a a book writing coach. And, um, I, obviously that was like an investment. Um, and then I like downloaded like a free PDF from someone who was like doing really well, seemed to be doing really well, at least in like their business. And, um, I don't even, I haven't even opened the fucking PDF (laughs) because I didn't pay for it. No (laughs) shit. (laughs) Right. It's like, then it doesn't really help me if it's free. And so, I think there's a bit of overwhelm where it's like all these resources and all these things and it's free. And I understand, I understand it like wanting to build community and support your community. And also at what point is it a disservice by, um, you know, feeding, like feeding into someone's like victim mentality of like, I need free because but like I I'm broke and I'm not going to do anything about it rather than like, put a little bit of skin in the game, despite this like recession or whatever is happening going on. Um, we're still creating and I would still fucking get a credit card or I would still like right now getting, um, small business loans. It's like 0% interest. If you have ever wanted to start a business, now is the best time to learn how to get your foundation set. And, um, we are like the healing industry, we'll say coaching and healing, because I think it's, it's kind of merging, right? We get to do energetic work and help people with mindset work. It's a $3 billion industry and it is growing incredibly quickly. And at a certain point, because right now I say there's space for everybody because there absolutely is at a certain point though, it will get oversaturated where you will just get muffled and lost in everybody else trying to do that work for themselves 
um, work from home. So I had also seen that um, one of my mentors had shared that the, um, the Google, like Google search uh, of working from home jobs had increased by like a ridiculous, like 60% or something like that. So people are wanting to learn how to make money from home because of what's taking place right now. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll also add on there, like it adds freedom. You get to travel, you get to make your own schedule. Um, some days when my cycle starts, I'm like canceling everything, not fucking working today. I get to like, I don't have anybody telling me what to do. I love my clients. I get to be myself. I get to talk about psychedelics. Um, and I get to take pee breaks whenever I want, you know, so I like, don't have to worry about like when you clock in and clock out for lunch and it's, it is really nice. And, um, you know, so, you know, I think that I say like, if you want to, um, create free content or, um, a lower price point offering for your clients, do it out of inspiration. Don't do it out of scarcity. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. Mm -hmm. So Something I want to talk about more of a business question. Mm -hmm. What do you think the difference is or what do you think the process is for if you're a coach discerning what your price is? Because I think that there are people out there who take the piss and just price themselves really high and don't mm -hmm. actually show up with the value, right? And it mm -hmm. gives the coaching and mentoring industry oh, yeah. a shit name. It gives us a shit name. <laughs> totally. And it, there's a lot of lack of integrity. So oh, yeah. how, do we, how do we find that kind of uh, like sweet spot for any of sort of new coaches listening or people who are going in this process right now? Between mm -hmm. like how do I empower my client with a price that feels abundant to them that matches my value? Um, mm -hmm. without, you know, going overboard. Okay. I think there's a few things here and I wish I like had written them down as you were talking. So I was like, yes, yes, yes. Um, so one pricing around intuition. So when I work with my mentor, she'll ask me what feels good in your body? Well, what's the number that comes to you? And that's usually the number. So there, that's one thing using intuition for pricing. You want it to feel like if I like, if that exchange was taking place and I said that number one, I feel comfortable with that number. And two, I feel like it's a, like that feels like a fair energetic exchange and let that number be. And then, um, two is being with an integrity with yourself. Integrity is my word for the year. So if I'm creating something, do I feel that I'm delivering as well? Because I, you're right, Amy, I've heard like horror stories, people investing huge amounts of money and sometimes not even having any delivery. Like, it's just crazy to me. That's, that's like one, there's a karmic thing that's going to happen there. And two, yeah. it is giving this industry a really bad name. It's not something that is, um, you know, we don't have like rules and regulations around it. So people can totally get a away with that. And again, I think that there's a karmic thing. Like we have reputations and people talk even like I, I was talking about this on an Instagram story. People talk if you're a shitty coach and people also talk if you're a shitty client. Yeah. And both of those matter. So if you're wanting to be a, um, uh, a coach and you're building your business and you're a shitty client, other coaches are going to know about it. Mm -hmm. Not like as if we're like talking negatively, but it's like, be careful. They decided to not pay. Yeah. They, they weren't within the agreements of the contract and, and things like that are so important. I think, especially in like the healing and spiritual community, because we don't want to bypass. 
don't mm-hmm. need any more of that, right? We really want to be with an integrity with our word. So I think there's intuition. I think that's, uh, I think there's being with an integrity with yourself. So when you go to bed at night, do you feel good about like the work that you're doing in the world? Mm-hmm. And then I think the, the third part of it is, um, you know, what's, what's a stretch for you? Cause you also want to be growing at the same time. Mm-hmm. I remember when I, when I priced something, um, and I, there, I had a, a charge around it cause I was expanding into that, um, that, that value. And i I was like not making any sales with that, that pricing. And I lowered it by $25 and there, and, and I got like three sales immediately. So it's like knowing where our edge is at and also knowing, um, what we're going to feel confident speaking to and saying, because it's, it's all about frequency. And so obviously that's like a, a great example of just that $25 difference made the world of a difference in how I even spoke to it, how I communicated that pricing. And so, you know, there, those are just three examples of different dynamics of how to navigate, navigate pricing and, and how to, to move through that. Um, trying to think if there's anything else, but yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think as well, it becomes a lot easier or this has been my experience anyway, Uh because I am constantly investing in myself and my skills Mm -hmm. and working with people. So when I bump the price up, it's obviously like a tiny bit uncomfortable because it's something brand new, but right. it's, it's like a good comfortable. It's like, mm, yeah, this feels good. This feels juicy. It feels mm-hmm. alive because I've just invested like 10K and, you know, I've up-leveled my skills massively. Totally. Like the value that I'm bringing. Um, but I think if you're not investing in yourself, then of course you're going to feel uncomfortable if you're mm-hmm. charging really high. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Cause you're not getting used to that number. I've been going over, um, pricing actually with my group coaching program right now. And they're just having massive pops and massive shifts. And I remember when I was in that, <laughs> in that place, so it's like beautiful to witness when they're stepping into, yes, I'm worthy. I can totally charge that. It's easy. It doesn't have to be so complicated, you know? And you're right. I mean, like you made such a great point around when we're investing in ourselves it makes it a lot easier to say, yes, I value myself because I'm, I'm putting this, I'm putting this forward. I'm, I'm, I'm my, my mentor costs about a, a K a session and it's, I'm so there, I'm so present for it and I'm getting massive value out of it that now I get to share with my clients because she's at that frequency. I'm getting bumped up to that frequency. They're getting bumped up to that frequency. And it's like, we're helping each other rise into that abundance. And so yeah, it's the, the books you read, it's the seminars you go to, it's the masterminds you do, it's the trainings that you do. All of that is increasing your value and your worth because of the work that you have done. That means that you can take that client much, much further than somebody else that hasn't been doing that work or investing in themselves that way. And so I think it's really interesting when you know people want to go uh, the, tre- the cheaper, more affordable route. That's exactly what you're going to get. You're, gonna, you're trying to get a, a shortcut to, to, uh, you know, having higher paying clients or growing your business or whatever it is. And you're also working with someone who doesn't actually believe in themselves at that price point. Do you like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's that interesting place where it's like, but they're going to be cheaper, cheaper. So I'm going to get further. It's like, yeah, that's like buying a a dollar burger at McDonald's and because you want to feel full, but also you're going to feel shitty at the end of the meal. (laughs) Rather than like getting a a $10 juice and knowing that that's still going to help you feel full and you're going to feel really nourished and it's more sustainable. Yeah. It's going to take you the long way. 
it's going to take you the long way, but it's a sustainable way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Totally resonate with that. So what was, what was your journey to, you know, presumably you didn't come out the womb with um, amazing, abundant money beliefs because we are exposed to so much encoding and conditioning around scarcity because our society wants us to be that way in many ways. Mm -hmm. So what was Mm -hmm. your journey of awakening, um, you know, around money, but also around your spirituality and discovering your skills? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So money has been a big part of my story. My family still, they don't have a lot of money. I didn't come from money. And I want to acknowledge that even when people do come from money, they still have scarcity. I've had clients that have had $500,000 or prospect clients that have had $500,000 in the bank account, but they were still afraid to invest like 5k, 3k, whatever it was at the time. Um, So I just want to acknowledge, like, it doesn't matter if you came from money or not there's scarcity is scarcity. And so for myself, um, I had a very, very, very hard childhood with money. My mom was a a single mother who had me when she was 18 and Mexican. So it's like all of the setbacks that you could have. And she had her own traumas and things like that. And, you know, I also had a little brother, so a single mother too. And there were nights where all she could afford were tortillas and butter for us to have for dinner. And so I've had to work through um, my own stories around like food. Like it still sometimes comes up in like these weird ways as an adult. I'm like, there's not enough food. I'm like, wait, no, I'm fine. Like, I'm fine. I make lots of money. Like, it's okay. You can, you can afford all the tortillas, all the food that you want, you know, but sometimes my younger self still comes up. Cause she like, she feels that cause it's a program from, you know, uh, being a little girl So that's kind of been my story. And then, you know, seeing my parents, the example I used, parents arguing over money. I was like, wow, money, like money is difficult to make because for them, they always worked really hard to even just get by. And so that was another program I had to work through that, like, it has to be hard to make money. Like you have to stress, you have to like burn yourself out. And I think as a collective, like that's going to be a big belief that we're going to move beyond. And as you know, Amy, like we, we do that work pretty quickly. Um, we're like, no, it actually, we actually don't have to be hyper-masculine to make money. Actually, it's better for more in our feminine. I mean, you yeah. have to have both, of course. But, um, and because of that, I kept falling into these patterns and these traps and then these karmic cycles that I really needed to work through. And the big patterning that came up, which was like ancestral as well, is that um, I needed to be saved. I needed a man to come in and be the one to support me financially. And that ultimately led me into relationships that I stayed in for way too long that I didn't want to leave because they maybe made more money. um, And I didn't know my purpose at the time. And so, yeah, like I, you know, I've dated men who have had businesses and companies and who are very successful, handsome, successful, all the thing, all the check, you know, all the boxes checked. And also I was very much a victim in that relationship. I was codependent because I was like, there was the money thing that was there and I was afraid to leave, even though I knew it wasn't the the best relationship to be in. Um, And so I would fall into patterns like that. And I noticed, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm in another one like that. And then the the third one, I was like, I did it again. I was like, I don't know how do I keep it? How do I keep ending up here? It's crazy. And so that's an example of like a karmic pattern that needs to, to be worked through. And so I found myself in another situation where the guy moved out. I didn't have, this is when I was making $1,300 a month, student loans. I was like, 
God, am I always going to be broke? You know, this is just, I've had enough of this. And it was so many tears. And, you know, also it was like not making enough. My student loans that I needed to pay for, which I would be at the table sobbing because it was like $800 a month. And I wasn't even doing anything related to it. Um, and uh, I think a lot of people really struggle with their student loans too, having that like be a trap. And it's like, well, how are you relating to it? You know, what can you take from it? What are the lessons there? How can you be grateful for it? And that's like a, an easy shift from like turning it into like this ball and chain because that's what it was for me into, okay, so that's just inspiration to make more money. That's just inspiration to get really smart about investments and money this time around. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and so, yes, my family still has all of that for them that you need to work a job that you really don't enjoy um, and it needs to be hard and you also don't get paid a lot for it. And, um, you know, my spiritual path has been a big part of this unfolding and me being able to see these patterns. And so I had my spiritual awakening, I think now would probably be about eight years ago. And because all of this stuff, um, that was really stemmed from, you know, my family wounding, uh, with, with money and also with like trauma, codependency, uh, addiction, whatever it might be that sent me on my, my healing journey, my spiritual path. And I'm so grateful that I experienced that in my childhood because I wouldn't be here today. Um, I had to empower myself through all of that, everything that I, I had maybe seen as like negative or shameful. And um, yeah, I used it as a source of motivation and empowerment rather than letting um, that be the thing, the reason why I should just be a victim to life. And so I, I had my spiritual awakening, started doing my healing work. I started drinking ayahuasca as you know, we've had conversations about ayahuasca and like psychedelics and stuff like that. And I would just do it like not ayahuasca by myself, but like psilocybin I would sit and have meditation and ceremonies with myself I really wanted to get to the seed of what was causing me so much suffering and pain and like had me be a victim to life because I was so much in life is happening to me it's not happening for me and poor me and poor me and I'll never get out of this trap and this can't be all that there is and then I would do Vipassana retreats and I would have to meet more of my stuff and I would meet more of my stuff and I would just move through it rather than run away from it And so it all led me to this point of only having like $5,000 left in my bank account. And I was like, okay, you know what? I've done all of this spiritual work and how am I still so fucking broke? It makes no sense to me. And I think that sometimes, um, you know, and this is why I do the work that I do, that there's so many gifted, so many beautiful light beings here that have so much magic to share and they can help so many people and they have the capacity to make more money. And yet, um, you know, we're still running away sometimes from the thing that we need to move through the most. And we'll say, we'll say money here, right? Like if the biggest thing that is like, has all of your power and energy tied in up into, that's probably the thing that you need to meet and move through. If you want to step into your higher purpose and to step into abundance. And so for myself, I was like, you know what? fuck, I've done all this spiritual work. I'm still broke. Like I kind of have nothing to lose at this point. I'm just really tired of my old story. And I had already hit rock bottom at that point. And so I was like, all right, you know what? All bets are on me. I'll meet whatever I need to meet. And that's when I invested in my mentor. And as soon as I did that, all the synchronicity started happening. Like everything was one, 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 even the flight to go meet her was like flight one, one, one. (laughs) I saw, um, 
there was like a spiritual healer that I used to go to his ashram and meditate. He was on the flight with me. It was like, everything was saying, yes, you've made the right decision. And basically since then, it's just, I mean, I keep expanding and keep growing and always with my, my, my self-esteem and, and of course, because of my self-esteem abundance, what I'm capable of doing and, and my leadership. And now I'm leading like, you know, big groups of women through their own process and their own journey with that. And so, um, you know, a lot of it has been around me doing the spiritual work. And I knew at a certain point though, that I needed to actually take action because we can go inwards and do that spiritual work. And, and then how do we ground that? How do we ground all of those gifts that we have? How do we ground all those realizations that we have and, and apply it to this earthly realm so that we're, we're taking that wisdom and we're helping others with it. And so, um, you know, that's like in a nutshell, my, my journey to getting to this point. And you know what, to be quite honest, I'm still a student of life. Like I'm always, I always see myself as a student and I'm, and I'm always learning. And I always explain that to my clients. I'm like, I'm, I'm learning with you guys, you know, I'm learning how to be a better leader. I'm learning to work through my, you know, the continuous uh, blocks around different levels of scarcity, you know? And so when I'm helping them, I'm also helping myself. And I think that's the beautiful part about this work is that when there's no hierarchy, it's just saying, Hey, I'm just a little bit ahead of you. Let me show you how to, how to get here too, because I think we all belong here. We all deserve it. And so, um, you know, my biggest recommendation for people is to like, yes, do, do the spiritual work, meet your shit, meet it hard, get on the ground, get dirty, cry, be a hot fucking mess and then get back up. And then, you know, ground it, get help, get support. And, um, you know, that's been, that was like, that was a turning point for me where I, I was like, okay, I'm ready to, if I'm afraid of money, fuck, I'm going to meet it. I was ready to meet it at that point. And so I did. And I have found, um, now with my business that whenever there's my thing has been like Facebook lives recently, I'm like, Oh God, I get like the heebie jeebies over it. I'm like, I really <laughs> don't like doing Facebook lives. Why? And, Why? And I was talking to my mentor about this. I think because it's like the aunts, the uncles, the teachers, the like old childhood friends. Um, Instagram is so easy for me. Instagram lives. I'm like, got it. Like I'll do it randomly and I'll like show everybody the sunset, but like there's some charge I have around Facebook lives and I'm like, okay, cool. So that means I need to do more of them to move beyond that, to see what's there for me. And so now I approach every aspect of my business, even relationships and anything I have resistance towards rather than running away from that, because I used to do that for so long and I saw where that got me, which was nowhere. Um, I now step towards that resistance. I step towards that fear because I know just by doing this enough, I know what's on the other side of that. And that's alignment, that's growth, that's prosperity. And I think that, you know, people really need to let this land for them and to let it sink in that like the things that we have the biggest fear around, even if it, it seems small. You're like, Oh, that's not a big deal. I just like, I won't deal with it. You cannot even imagine once you meet that, what kind of fucking magic the universe will bring to you. And this is like a promise. And sometimes people might say, okay, well, <laughs> the things that come to you aren't always good, but they're going to be the lessons that you need to learn. Cause I've also had that happen where I'm like, wow, I, you know, I met this fear and then my shit came up. 
because we're, it's cleaning you. It's cleaning you. It's bringing you back to your power. It's, it's, it's saying, Hey, like, okay, yeah, that's a density. Let's clear that so that, you know, that's out of the way. Now we can step forward and now I can bring to you what it is that you can now hold. So sometimes there has to be a cleaning that happens, a spiritual cleaning that happens before you step into whatever it is that you're calling in. Because if you don't have space for that, then of course there's no space for it to land. Yeah, for sure. It's a different element of confidence that comes through facing your fear versus Mm -hmm. succeeding and getting things right. You know, Mm -hmm. it's a different Mm -hmm. type of courage that you feel when you meet that fear, move through it on the other side. Yeah. It's like, you feel like, you just feel like a fucking badass. You're just like, yeah, that wasn't so bad. Yeah. 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 And with the repetition, I'm sure you find this too, but when, when Uh I get really triggered by something now, I'm like, yes, yes. I've been cruising for ages. I've felt so good for ages. Oh, what is this? Like, what is this coming up now? You know? And I'm like curious about it now when I feel something that really like triggers me or makes me feel really scared or makes me feel really vulnerable and knocks my confidence. Totally. Absolutely. And I still, the triggers are where it's at. The triggers are where it's at. And it could be any realm, any walk of life. As you know, I like to sexually trigger people. That's my thing. It's like, a mar- it's like a marketing strategy for me in a way. I'm like, okay, nude photo this week around this time. And that clears out anybody who's not in alignment with my messaging and my values. And I'm, I'm so good with that. And um, there's been this theme of like spiritual resiliency this week. And I think that for entrepreneurs, you have to have spiritual resiliency. Things will knock you over. Things will shake you. Things will trigger the shit out of you. And it's important that you meet it and you get back up. And so for myself, um, when I knew that my business was about to take off, I asked myself, what's, what's here for me that I, like the biggest thing that I can move through that I can liberate myself on. And it was around my sexuality, which is a different part of my expression, as you know, Amy, and like all about it. <laughs> I want women liberated in all senses, spiritually, financially, sexually. Yeah. And so, um, I made a decision to post a nude photo of myself and, um, it was actually really cute. It wasn't like raunchy or anything like that, but it was a nude photo of myself. And, um, I was like, all right, my dad's probably going to get upset with me. Uh, there will probably be people who unfollow me. I'm probably going to upset a lot of people with this because it wasn't just the photo. It was the copy. I talked about being spanked. I talked about um, exploring dating women. I was just like all out there. And after that point, I felt like I could do anything related to how I wanted to express myself because I slayed the biggest beast that was alive for me. I was like, what's the worst thing I could do? The most triggering thing I can do. And I was like, all right, we're going to do it. Ready? (laughs) Three, two, one, go. And I did it. And, um, I just felt so free after that. And I think that's what happens for a lot of people when they meet that biggest fear and they move through it and they see that it was just an illusion, that they didn't actually die. Like the part of you that did die was like the ego death, which as you know, Amy, it's like a constant fucking ego death. That, that yeah, 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 yeah. It's the cleaning <laughs> part of what we experience. But I just felt so free. And then the clients that started to come to me were more in alignment. Like I felt like I could even be more, I actually got fired. I got fired by a client at that point from that photo because it triggered her. And because I of the photo. Because of the photo. Yeah. And, wow. And, um, and I think that's why like there was a, a little bit of a lull in my business because I, I think, I think, um, source is like, okay, 
Ready guys, Tasha's about to post a new photo. She can't enroll clients right now because it may not be in alignment with the new clients that she's gonna get. And it's like, they know something, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, there was a cleaning that needed to happen in that because she wasn't a vibrational match for the work that I was now doing. She couldn't meet it, she couldn't handle it. It pressed on her too much rather than her meeting it. You know, and so we're always in this place of, are we meeting our triggers? Are we meeting our fears? And there really is just so much, like even talking about it, I'm like, that was so liberating. I felt so free after that. And again, in this point in time with what we're experiencing economically, we'll say like an economic crisis for people, I still see it. I still view life the same way. I'm like, what is everybody else wanting to do? They're wanting to hide. They're wanting to retract. Well, okay, I get that. I see that. I understand that, right? I understand that programming. I've been there. And also, what feels expansive for me? What, what would be me meeting a fear that's there? I'm going to still fucking invest. I'm going to keep money flowing. And guess what? When I decided to do that, I signed my highest paying client a couple weeks ago. And so that's just, that's how it works. And, and it doesn't stop just because we're experiencing these things outside of us that might feel out of our control. We're still creating, we're still manifesting through our frequency. And so it doesn't stop here. And actually right now is the, like the most clear path to manifest because there's not energetic, um, like competition, I guess is what I would say. Like, that's the best way for me to like ground what it is that I'm feeling is so many people are focused on what they don't want and the fear and feeling helpless and waiting for a check from the government to come in or, you know, the handouts or whatever it might be. And I'm not saying this out of respect. I'm saying this with like complete understanding and empathy and also, how can you still use the situation of what's happening outside of you? Because things will always be changing outside of you. Things will always be happening, even on the other side of this. So this is just like a pressure cooker of what's going on. So how can you use the situation to find empowerment and to still meet any fears or beliefs that are around that? So that's why I think like right now is like the perfect time to do that. The perfect time to create, the perfect time to manifest because you're not competing with everybody over here, like which is the majority of the world that's worried about what they don't want to happen. And so I've noticed for myself and other clear channels, um, people have been saying manifestation is very, very sensitive right now. It's very, very high because there's not like it, it's like, there's a clear path. It's like whatever you're broadcasting source is like, got it. Cause everybody's over there at the party and that party sucks. And you're over here just saying, Hey, I'm standing right in front of you. Just asking what I need. And they're like, yeah, there's nobody else around you. So we'll just grant you that wish, you know? <laughs> and so, um, yeah, it's just a very interesting time where there's a complete opportunity here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally mm -hmm. agree. And I think, you know, there, there's a bit of myth mythology in the sense that people make assumptions, don't they? They assume, oh, it's mm -hmm. a global recession, no one's spending money. But some of my friends' businesses are doing the best they've ever done. You know, there's yeah. still people out there spending money, um, you know, and we it's it's not it's not what we don't know that gets us into trouble i think i think sometimes it's what we think we know for sure what we assume to know um mm -hmm. versus mm -hmm. just being open to possibilities absolutely there's this quote um i don't know who it's by i think it's just a buddhist quote <clears throat> but it's forget what you think you know even who you think you are even think even who what you think you like like that was one of the most important things um, for, for me and my spiritual journey of like, I, I, it would come to me all the time. Forget who you think, you know, I thought that I was going to be broke the rest of my life. I thought that I 
wasn't going to be posting a nude photo of myself. You know, all of these things now. So now I, now I don't say I would never because I'm like, I could, I would surprise myself, you know? And so I leave that, that open space for me. And so you're right, Amy. It's like, um, I was looking at that as well. I was like, wow, some people are doing really well. I'm doing, I'm doing great. And I'm, I'm spending money. So if I'm one example of someone who's still investing, then there's other people who are going to be doing that. And so it's not a time to stop. It's, it's like business as usual. And there's just something that we need to, to pivot with, you know, to dance with a little bit. And how can we make it a fun thing as well? For me, I'm like, how interesting, what a weird thing to come up during this time. Wasn't expecting that. And now great. I get to, to move in a different direction and create something even more beautiful. I'm actually creating a program with a sister right now. And it sounds like you're doing very similar work where it's like, okay, great. How can I support people who are like really struggling with this? This is an opportunity to help even more. And like, I get to be in my creativity and in my service. And, um, and so, yeah, you're right. There are still people who are doing really well and investing. And so for anybody out there who, you know, is wanting to, to grow a business or to even like accelerate their business, the only time is now. If we're always future tripping, like, you know, and I guess we all always want to be in the present moment, but like we're truly actually forced to be in the present moment right now. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know if we're still going to be, you know, in this situation. So we have the beautiful opportunity of being in the now. And so what would you do right now if now was all that you had? If you weren't worried about like the programs of the past, if you weren't worried about what you thought was going to happen or could happen or that you're creating your mind that would happen. So I think some people, you know, might want to invest and like, but then I could lose my house and then I could be broke, whatever the stories are. Right. It's like, but when you're in the present moment, you don't actually know that. And why would you try creating that? Because you're already creating that with your thoughts. You're already betting against yourself rather than betting on yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I love how you were saying that you're being redirected because I've perceived this time very much like that in the sense that at the start of 2020, I was like, all right, 2020 is the year that I get out from behind this screen and behind this microphone because I've been doing all my online stuff for the year. Uh And I was like, in-person experiences. I'm I'm healing people (laughs) in person. I'm connecting. I'm touching them all of this stuff. So I was like, retreats. I was planning an event with like 500 people. Everything was in person. And so obviously all of that has been canceled. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I've got a full year with nothing in my calendar now. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. All right. So for me, I was like, you know what? I was disappointed for about like five minutes. And then I was like, you know what? Source, the universe always directs me where I need to go. And sometimes it's not the way that I map out with my human brain, Exactly, but it's always got my back. So obviously space is being created right now for something else. And, you know, in the last few weeks, similar to you, I've been channeling so many different offerings and programs that wouldn't have come through me before because I would have been busy you know, preoccupied yes. to all these other things. Be in that receiving, right? And that's why I say right now, it's like, we are in like listening, receiving. That's when our biggest ideas come. That's when the biggest inventions come. But but if we really use this time to just to humble ourselves and say, okay, this is where I need to be right now. I accept that. I'll be with it. I'll be here for that. Um, rather than feeling like we need to overcompensate and still still do right because I think that's just um, it's like an addiction to doing. And you know, we can go on to a whole tangent about masculine and feminine. And I know you understand those dynamics of like business and being. And I, I feel like it's really important, but you know, like you said, like, that's where you're like, I'm like 
creating things right now because I've had to pivot and things have shifted for me. And also I'm sad that you're not doing things in person, but yeah, <laughs> I'm sad but, for you. I, I totally get it. Yeah. Well, something that I was a little bit more sad about, which you know, is that I was supposed to be going to Peru in July for my ayahuasca oh. ceremonies. Um, I booked a retreat with five ceremonies and mm. I've been preparing a lot. for that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you could do more, but I was like, you know what? I'll start at five um, and was really excited for it. Felt like it felt so aligned and the timing felt really good, but obviously that has been postponed now. And mm-hmm. with that, you know, there is that element of disappointment, but also I trust, you know, obviously the medicine wants me to do it at another time. It's going to be beautiful when I do. Mm. And for now I just have to wait. Um, But I know that you're super into plant medicine and I would love to Mm -hmm. hear about how your journey with the medicine and the various other medicines that you've worked with, how that has shaped and influenced the business that you Mm. have and the person that you are, this woman that you are for others. So I just want to acknowledge, I totally understand, like, when the plant calls, it's just this moment of like, oh, yes, because it's, it's hard for some people to um, uh, give up that control, to let the, the plant guide you. And so, like, I honor you and, like, even just saying yes to that journey. And five is a lot. <laughs> five is a lot. Uh, um, the first time I did it, it was one time and I was like, okay, I need, like, a couple months to integrate that. But there's a a whole process with it. It's like, first you go, you clean yourself and then you get the activations and then you get the integration. So the first time I did it was just a totally um, beautiful, but very like condensed experience. And so um, I love that you're, you're, and I know it's still going to happen for you because I'm feeling into it. It's just a matter of when, right. And you're right. Source always has its own plans for us. Um, the medicines, uh, so that first journey I was talking about the first time I did it, which was one time, um, I, well, I, I guess I want to start by saying that I have, I was just telling my partner this yesterday. I have drank ayahuasca probably more than 50 times. It's been a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> um, um, and it's what I needed to really, really clean myself and the cleaning, the spiritual cleaning, clearing up all that density. It helped open up so many gifts. It's like so many gifts that um, I get to help my clients with and help them navigate opening up more of their gifts because I have an understanding. Mm-hmm. And the the first time I drank ayahuasca, um, that's when I had my spiritual awakening. And I was able to see, it's like, I got an, it's like a Hawkeye's view of like what my life looked like. It's like my soul got accelerated. And then at the end of the journey, when I came back to like, not, not, being under the influence of the plants, I was like, oh shit, I got some work I need to do. And quite honestly, my whole fucking life fell apart after that because I was so out of alignment. I saw where I needed to be and I was like, okay, we got work to get there. Um, and so for myself working with, with the, we'll just say psychedelics because I've worked with LSD, um, MDMA a couple of times. Um, my partner and I actually got engaged when we were in a journey together. Um, so it's like a, there, it's a big part of my life and it's not something that I abuse. And so that's the first thing I want to say about that is that, um, it can still, even though uh, psilocybin (laughs) mushrooms, shrooms and ayahuasca, they can all be, um, uh, 
helpers for healing, for spiritually healing, like trauma and rape and, you know, PTSD, like huge, huge things for people, they can still be abused. And I know many people who are ayahuasca ceremony to ayahuasca ceremony and their life still looks like it's, it's falling apart. And so that's why I think it's really important to like take all that we learn, all the healing that we do and apply it to our real lives. Otherwise, why take yourself through that process? Why fly out to Peru and, you know, purge and like literally throw up and do all this stuff and then not, you know, not use it for good. And so for myself, um, you know, I had a lot of, a lot, a lot of trauma, a lot of things I needed to work through from my childhood, from like an abusive relationship to my parents getting divorced to, you know, the, the stuff around money, a lot. Of, the biggest thing was around self-esteem. I was so incredibly insecure and afraid of myself. I couldn't even like maintain eye contact with somebody. Like I would want to hide who I was because, um, you know, I just, I learned how to not love myself, all of these programs. And, and one of the things that, um, you know, the medicines really helped me with was really seeing the gift of who I am and the gift of everybody else. And so, um, it almost makes me emotional because through the medicine, I was really able to connect to this oneness. And when I look at other beings, and I think this is why I love the work that I do so much, I'm definitely getting emotional right now. Um, I can feel your heart. Yeah. Yeah. I I can feel it. (laughs) Um, I see how beautiful and how much a, a gift that every single person is like every single human being, they hold so many gifts and they're so beautiful. And I really want that. I really want for other people to see that for themselves. And, um, even like the, the parts that we would say are like really ugly or really dark about people. We can, there's beauty in that. Like my mother and I have such a turbulent relationship. She has been, the reason why I needed to really go on this healing journey. And also I chose her. I wouldn't be here if it, if my relationship with her hadn't been so turbulent and her, the things that she has triggered me around, the, the, the things that she has said to me, you know, and any person that has like caused any harm or wounding through their own, um, has been such a big teacher for me. And I'm grateful for my abusive relationship. I'm grateful for my relationships. I'm grateful for, you know, the people that, um, you know, judge me because it shows me how to really love and honor myself in an even deeper way for me to connect more deeply to my truths and to love them even more because I'm able to see that every single human being has suffering. We all have something that we're working through. We all want to be happy. And, you know, so it really taught me a lot about empathy and compassion and, um, even when like my partner is going through an experience and he's not being so kind, it's like, wow, he must've experienced something um, that really hurt him. And so that's being displayed, it's manifesting. And so how can I be the dominating force of love on that to help alchemize it? And so I think that's like a, a, a bigger wave of um, expansion that I'm, I'm experiencing now. Cause I haven't worked with the, <laughs> it's not that long ago, but I haven't worked with the plant medicine since um, I was in the Amazon rainforest, which I think we talked about a little bit. I was there in December working with my friends in the Kuntanawa tribe. Um, We were drinking for 10 days, which was a lot. (laughs) It was a lot. I think I'm good on ayahuasca for a little bit. Um, And uh, a lot of my work right now is like when, when someone is being judgmental or angry or, you know, 
judge, you know, whatever, whatever density it might be, how can I be the dominating force of love? Because we're always in that, in that position with people, right? Someone says something nasty to us. We probably want to say something nasty back. We probably want them to get in trouble or have karma come back to them rather than just pausing for a moment and seeing them um, as pure, like without all of their stories, without all of their suffering and just love them even when they're in their darkness, because that's all that people need. There's already a lot of darkness on this planet. There's as we're experiencing, like there's a lot of suffering. And so what do we need more of? We need more love. And so that takes us really loving ourselves and seeing those people as a reflection of who we are. And so the medicines have been so incredibly humbling for me. It's put my ego in check. It's, it has, <laughs> it has done a lot of things for me that um, have helped me really be a, a leader with the, with integrity. Um, I don't see myself above anybody else. I see myself as just someone who wants to help people heal themselves as well. And so, um, I mean, there's, that's just like one dynamic of uh, my relationship with the plants and, and really to, to be quite honest, when I was talking to my partner about, um, I was having a client who's really struggling with like everything going on right now. And I was like, what's the difference between she and I, because I'm kind of like, I'm like, yep, things are good. Things come up. And then I move through them, you know, I navigate, you know, I navigate through it. And and I was just really reflecting on that. And, and I was like, it's because I've met so much of my shit in these ceremonies. I've done so much deep, painful work. I have been in ceremonies where everybody is dead quiet and I am sobbing loudly, the only person deep in my pain, grieving. And I can feel them all holding space for me and loving me. And those are the moments that were really, really humbling for me where it's like, I'm in my pain, I'm in my rawness and people are still loving me. And how can we do that for other people? And, and so I feel like, um, because I've done so much of that work and I've allowed myself to be seen, I've allowed myself to be in my pain. I've allowed myself to open my heart just a little bit more for other people that it makes these times that are really unknown and really mysterious so much easier because the, I think the plants also help us see that we don't have control. We have free will, but ultimately God's source has a better plan for us, better than we could have ever, 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 ever imagined for ourselves. And um, life is mysterious. It's always going to be mysterious. It's the great mystery. It's why, why are we here? And um, the, the sooner we can just be okay with that, the easier things become. And, um, you know, after the first time uh, I had uh, worked with ayahuasca my life fell apart I was rock bottom I didn't have a job I didn't know my purpose I was by myself I was changing I didn't have any friends I was tapping into gifts I was like who the fuck am I? I didn't even know myself I sat on the edge of my bed and I was like who am I becoming I don't know who I am anymore because I wasn't who I was before and I didn't know who I was becoming and that was scary for me mm -hmm. and also um these are the sweet spots. These are the moments where we still get to create. You get to say, I'm going to be whoever the fuck I want to be <laughs> because I have the spaciousness to do it. And, um, and so, you know, this is why I love the medicine so much. And why now I just do journeys by myself. Cause I'm like, all right, who knows what's going to come up? Let's be on the training ground of, of life. And I've had, I, um, actually, I don't know if I can say this. I'm going to say this. I took uh, LSD with me to Oaxaca there's ways to do it. Um, and it was a really, really hard journey. And I was by myself. I was there vacationing for like two weeks. 
and I was I feel like I got I got my butt spanked there and also it's <laughs> like when we're in these moments because I was by myself in this very mysterious force I wasn't sure where it was going to take me I had to completely surrender to what I needed to experience because I trust when when we have these experiences they are so completely divine I don't think people realize how perfect every moment is if you're late it's perfect it's what needs to be if you're in this situation if you're in this place it's because you you wouldn't be there if you were supposed to be experiencing something else and so if we can see the perfection in every moment and surrender into that things open up we see that we're really supported and so in this journey i was like oh shit i was like this is really uncomfortable i was actually buying a painting because i'm kind of um a bit rebellious in the way that I do. I'm like, okay, I'm going to like take half of it and I'm going to go walk downtown, you know, see what happens. Cause it's kind of how I train myself to be spiritually resilient. And I'm like standing with this man buying this beautiful blue painting. And then all of a sudden I'm like, Oh no, I feel really nauseous. <laughs> I think I have some anxiety coming on. And I was like, I hope I can find my way back home. I, like scurry back to my Airbnb. And I'm like laying in bed for like four hours, listening to like all of these like singing bowls. And I'm like, this is probably one of the hardest experiences I've had on LSD. And I just learned a lot about like, those are the moments when it's hard like that, or we don't know what's going to happen is where we want to run away. And I think that's why so many of us have addictions and they can addictions in all forms. Every single person has it, whether it's like social media, whether it's you're addicted to love or you're codependent or food or whatever the comforts are that we might have. Even music can be addictive, you know, to run away from ourselves. And, you know, these are the moments where we get to just connect, connect to our, um, the safety that we have within ourselves, the knowing that we have within ourselves, that we can just go inwards and not reach for the external to come and save us. Truly, that's where we start to feel safe. And that was, that was actually the valuable lesson that I learned there. Um, through a different psychedelic journey that I had in Oaxaca because I was like, Oh no, oh no, I don't feel safe anymore. And I, I felt myself energetically try to reach outside of me. And I witnessed that I saw, I saw my personality trying to do that. And I was like, wait a minute, I'm witnessing that I can see that. And then I just connected to myself. I said, I am safe. I create the safety because I create everything. And then I immediately felt myself ground and I was like, okay, now we can have fun. And so it takes you on a ride like that. It's very up, it's very down. And so, um, again, I can only take my clients as far as I've gone myself. And that's why I continue to do journeys like that. It's like, oh, I need that. I understand life better. I understand that that is the rhythm of life. We go deep, we go down, we go dark, and then we come back up. But, you know, we can't appreciate the beauty of life. And like, honestly, quite honestly, things get way brighter, way more like you feel more gratitude. You feel more connected to people after you've gone deep with yourself, after you've cried, after you, because that's all clearing, right? And you probably know this for yourself as well. Like when you've had those moments, you're like, fuck, I just need to pop. I need to cry. I need to like move through this. And then afterwards, you're like, I just want some tea. I'm going to take a bath. And like, I'm going to text someone and say, I love you because now I feel really grateful. I survived that. And now I'm okay. And now that I've seen that I'm okay and I'm alive, I'm safe and I feel grateful. And so, um, yeah, that's uh, you know, how it's all contributed to my work is, uh, you know, I've taken myself to these deep, deep, dark places of wanting to reach outside or wanting to understand or know what's going to happen next. And ultimately, it just, it humbles me and it helps me understand that we, we don't have, we have control up to a certain extent of, of what our desires are, what we would like to create. 
But as you and I talked about, Amy, like we think that we know the way of, of like how we're going to get there, how we're going to create it, but it always happens in a much different way. And I've noticed that with my, my vision boards as well, where I'm like, I'll have last year I had a picture of Burning Man. I was like, I'm going to go to Burning Man. I think I want to go to Burning Man. And the way that I got the ticket to Burning Man was amazing. It was like at a mastermind. Uh, it, it happened super easily. And then I knew I had to go to Burning Man, but I wasn't sure why. And I met my partner right before that and he proposed to me at Burning Man. So it's like, I knew that I wanted to get there. I didn't know why. And I didn't know how I was going to get there, but how I got there is like this magical, amazing story. And so that's the part of us like needing to learn how to just let go. Yeah. Just the part of letting go and to not feel like we need to control every aspect of, of, um, of our lives. And I think that's like, as a collective, that's the big thing we're learning right now is just to let go and let God really. Yeah. A hundred percent. You know, so many of the best things that have ever happened to me have been preceded by the worst moments of my life. And like, I, even when I say yeah. worst moments of my life, they're not the worst moments of my life because <laughs> they, they were the introduction to the, to the beauty, to the magic, to the joy, you know, mm. like the, the grief that we experience when we lose people, it's terrible. It's awful. It's so painful mm -hmm. and so sticky and raw. But on the other side of that is deeper access to all of the other emotions, you know, to joy, to appreciate mm -hmm. gratitude, to just, you know, being in reverence for life after you lose mm. someone, you don't get that just through cruising at the kind of midsection of the emotions. It's like, like you said, the ups, the downs, the valleys, the mm -hmm. trumps and everything. Totally. Absolutely. And then, you know, there's this whole perspective on grief as well. It's like, it's not even just people. It could be aspects of self, you could, a part of your life, what your life was before. And, um, you know, that those are definitely moments. Like I know a lot of people are probably grieving, grieving right now, like their jobs or, you know, people are breaking up right now because they're like having to deal with their stuff. And, you know, I've been hearing about this. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense that people like are having to meet each other in these isolated spaces rather than running away from it or letting things sweep under the rug or, you know, um, identity, like who I thought I was going to be or where I thought my life was going or what I thought was going to happen last year. Like, it's okay to grieve all of that. And where, you know, where can we channel that, that grief or that, you know, what is wanting to be channeled? And for myself, it was like, I'm just going to channel that into loving more people into creating more and to, to bringing more beauty into the to world, into the world. And so right now I'm really seeing, um, you know, all of the mystery that's taking place right now as an opportunity to take all that, that unknown or all of that like confusion and channel it and, and create something really beautiful, like birth something beautiful right now so that people have something to listen to, to learn from, to see. It could be art. It could be music. It could be anything right now. There's, we're in a time of rebirth collectively and you have an opportunity to birth a new you to birth a new creation. And so that's why I'm like kind of excited. I'm like, I'm last night in my dream, I actually remember feeling like really excited in my dream, like excited to wake up. And then I woke up and I was like, I remember being really excited in my dream. And I was like, Oh yeah, because I'm excited to create today. Cause every day we get to do this and even more so now because we have the time, we don't have the pressure of like, we need to go somewhere and do anything. We just get to be with what truly inspires us. And like you said, Amy, like in the receiving of what do I want to do today? What do I want to create? Who do I want to be? Mm -hmm. 
Totally. I could talk to you for hours, my love. I know, me too. (laughs) Uh, But thank you. You've illuminated so much on so many amazing Mm. topics. And as we said, you've got your head in the clouds, feet on the ground, Mm. and it's just pure magic and medicine. So thank you so much for sharing the light. And um, can you let our listeners know where they can come and continue the journey with you? Yeah. So... There's two places right now. Usually I would say just Instagram. So Taj.Savitri, so T-A-J dot S-A-V-I-T-R-I on Instagram. And I also have a new Facebook group that I just started and it's like going down in there. It's so beautiful, beautiful women. And it's um, Awakened Woman Leadership Business for Spiritual Entrepreneurs where I share wisdom on spirituality, on growing your business, energetics, things like Amy and I just talked about. And so it's going to be a really lovely place to come hang out and feel like you have community for sure. Amazing. Awesome. We'll pop all these links in the episode show notes and um, yeah, so, so much gratitude for you coming on today. Thank you, Amy. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope this episode ignited you, expanded you, and enriched your heart, your mind, your life in some way. If it did, reach out on Instagram. My handle is this is Amy Rushworth, or you can head over to my website for all my courses, retreats, and magical offerings at amyrushworth.com. If the show feels like a vibe for you, make sure you subscribe. And if you have 60 seconds to rate and review, or even to just share the show with a friend, I would be so, so, so grateful and it helps more amazing, beautiful people like you to discover this show and to improve their lives for the better. Stay tuned for the next episode and until then, I'm sending you strength, grace, ferocious courage and a friendly reminder to always love yourself fiercely and to go out there and live your most unapologetic life.